Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. Today's episode of Elevating Motherhood is sponsored by Homeschool Explained, an online course I created to help parents find their confidence on their homeschool journey. I used to teach in-person workshops here on Maui to help families gather all the information and resources they need, answer all their questions, alleviate concerns, and help them get organized as they started homeschooling. Homeschool Explained is the online version of those in-person workshops. I totally get it. Starting any new journey can be really overwhelming, especially when it comes to rethinking how your kid is going to get an education and that you are going to be the teacher all while regular life is happening at the same time. But don't worry, there is so much support and freedom in homeschool. It's doable, it's fun, and it takes way less time than most people think. I put almost 15 years of homeschool experience and insights into this easy to follow, easy to use online course that answers common questions, helps you work through your worries and saves you time. No more internet search overload. This is all the info you need to get started homeschooling today from a trusted experience source. In Homeschool Explained, I show you what modern homeschool days actually look like, all while covering major topics like curriculum, homeschool styles, subjects to teach, cost, state laws, socialization, and so much more. This course takes the guesswork out of where and how to begin homeschooling and leaves you with solid support and resources. I want you to start your homeschool journey with confidence. Find out more at homeschoolexplained.com. That's homeschoolexplained.com. Hey mama, thanks for showing up because I know that even though you are showing up for this podcast, I also know that you are showing up in your life and you're doing the work and you can see all that you are tasked with as a woman and now as a mom. And we are, all of us, all moms are doing the work to heal the wounds, mend relationships, set goals, establish our values, and then act on all of those things. But what are our options when it comes to getting support to help us do all of this internal work? When we think of seeking help from someone outside of ourselves so that we can, you know, do the work and, and heal and move through our trauma, some of the only things that come to mind are really one-on-one sessions with a therapist and talk therapy. Well, we've covered a few other options here on the podcast, like brain spotting, but what else is there? My friend Elizabeth Fisher Good is rolling out a new transformative option this week, coaching in a group setting with other supportive women. She's here with us today to share all the amazing details about her new program, A Journey to More. And I decided to share it with you because I've seen what comes out of Elizabeth's dedication to helping women heal. She is an amazing resource and this healing group that she is putting together is an incredible opportunity to do the work 
in a unique way and with others who are on similar journeys as you. Elizabeth is a calling awakener, someone who supports women on their journeys to understand that they are enough while honoring that they also want more in this life, that they want to answer their callings and find their purpose. And I am thrilled that she is organizing and leading groups of women in an unconventional way. Because I think that for many of us, we want an unconventional approach to healing because our generation of moms is doing things so differently than generations that have come before us. Elizabeth Fisher Good, who's also known as the eternal purpose coach, helps women achieve a lasting freedom and a kingdom mindset. She is a thought leader, CEO of the Sailor Way Foundation and author of Groomed. I'm sure many of you will remember her. From that conversation in episode 39, where we did a deep dive into that incredible book, Elizabeth not only breaks barriers and redefines leadership, but also steadfastly leads the charge in fighting for justice for the exploited, all while balancing her favorite roles as wife and mother of three. She challenges individuals to step out of the lies and shame of their past and embrace true freedom, which comes from vulnerability, transparency, and an acknowledgement of our spiritual side as well. Elizabeth has a master's degree in clinical psychology and decades of experience in ministry and counseling. She is poised to change your world and motivates everyone she encounters to embrace their own unique calling. If you are seeking to live life free and discover your true purpose, this episode, her program are absolutely for you. I'm thrilled that you're here with us today to hear more about this unique option. Without further ado, let's welcome the inspiring Elizabeth Fisher Good to the show. Aloha, Elizabeth. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here again. Oh my gosh, I'm thrilled. Thank you. (laughs) Me too. I kind of had a sneaky suspicion after our first conversation that we were going to talk again. Absolutely. And this time I think is going to be even better. Oh, me too, because you have this amazing new project that you were sharing with me. And I knew immediately I wanted to share it with my listeners too, because it is so in alignment with what a lot of us are experiencing right now and, and different topics that are coming up in our lives and showing up over and over again. And there just seems to be this big shift and we know we're a part of it. We know we want to be a part of it. And then we just kind of get caught up in the everyday stuff, but there's something in us that says, okay, I want to heal. I want to make change. I want to do all this stuff. And so we're going to talk about all the good things, but before we do that, I'd love for my listeners to get, to get to know more about you in your own words. Ah, well, thank you. You know what? I feel like the reason I called you or reached out to you and I was so giddy is because I'm stepping back into like my deepest heart's desires. Like this is a part of me that I sort of had to put on a shelf for the last 11 years when I was running one of the leading anti-sex trafficking organizations, you know, and now I'm just running our global arm. And so I have freedom to have more time. And as my book, you know, came out that you and I discussed last time, I feel like this down, this curriculum and this, this way of doing groups, cause I'm a therapist by training. And then I was in ministry forever, like 20 years ago, 15 years ago in Chicago. And all of those pieces of me, that that deep, deep healing part of me that is called to the deepest parts of every woman. You know, I've been I've been contained to just the sex trafficked women for the last decade. And now I get to go back to my full calling. So right now I'm stepping into my deepest heart's desire, which is 
reaching in and, and awakening and pulling out and helping women that are like, I know there's more. I know I was made for more. And why am I here? And why do I keep getting stuck here? So I'm rolling out a journey to more for all women. And I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. A journey to more. I love that. I love that because it feels like we're on the path already. However, sometimes it feels like we're blindfolded on that path for sure. So gosh, talk more about this, a journey to more and really how it came to be. I know that you and now have the time and space to step into it more, but what did creating that and really taking your own personal action on your calling look like <laughs> in the unfolding of all this? Uh, it took a lot of prompting and a lot of prodding because you know, I've been in the space where I was really promoting organizations and promoting causes, and I am a justice mama. I could get on stage and raise money for anything. But when my book came out and they're like, they wanted me to promote myself and promote my message, it felt self-serving. And I felt like it's mm. been, it, it was a weird having to get healthy enough to realize that this book was not about me. I wrote it to bring healing to others. But it was such a weird shift. And I, you know, if any women out there have had it, I came out of a really difficult divorce and I came out of some bad messaging that I was still, even myself, as I was writing this stuff and, you know, been a therapist for 25 years and had all this groups and healing, I was still had the voice in my head like, oh, it's all about you, isn't it? It's all about you. And I think that's like the voice of the enemy because it's really not about me. I mean, what has been downloaded and what I've been leading with women. The things coming out of every woman, the healing, the freedom, the I've never said that out loud. I can't believe mm -hmm. how I feel. Like women are saying, it's been like 14 years of doing therapy and four weeks with you in this type of a setting. I've had more than I've ever received. It's like this accelerated blueprint I've been given. I just feel like I've been given this beautiful like keys to deeper, deeper, beautiful freedom because every woman has more in them. We are all like crazy, powerful, good moms, wives, all this stuff. But there's always this more. And sometimes we just shove it down and don't give it voice. And I feel like my calling at this season is to say, no, no, your voice, especially now in the crazy, crazy of the world right now is vitally needed vitally mm -hmm. needed. So I'm like the voice awakener, the calling awakening. The, they're calling me, this guy goes, he got a, he goes, you have to call yourself the eternal purpose coach. Cause I didn't want to be a therapist again, because I don't want to be one-on-one -on -one and take your money and can't talk to you and be your friend. But coaching is so popular. So he's like, mm -hmm. you're the eternal purpose coach and helping people with their legacy, like stepping into what the world would be devoid of if they don't do it. And so that's what I'm doing. Mm, I love that. And I appreciate your holistic approach to that too, because you are saying that, yeah, we are enough, at, you know, and we are showing up. And also we have this calling and also we're awesome moms. And also there's something in our voice and in our presence and our purpose here on this planet that is also bigger than that too. So it really does honor the whole woman, which is something we try to do over and over and over again here on the show. And it happens. And I, I've watched it in this slow unfolding over time um, with different listeners. And as they start to approach their life more holistically that way, instead of just focusing on, you know, 
telling themselves, I am enough. I'm enough just how I am. And that's it. And then they have this nagging that they need to be addressing all parts of themselves instead of just giving themselves pacifiers, you know, of like, I'm enough. This is fine. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. And then it is fine. And we are enough. And then also there's something else. (laughs) And we need to be able to honor that and talk about that. And I'd really like to talk about the format of a journey to more, because one of the things we had talked about when, when you were sharing the program with me was that it is different in a way that it's like, it's like therapy. It's, it can be like therapy, get a lot of the results that we're hoping for when we go to one-on-one or even talk therapy, but there's something about this group setting that makes it really different. Can you speak with us about that? Because I know that so many moms are looking for different options. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the greatest thing that I've ever like experienced because I've done the one-on-one. I was one of those women that went to one-on-one therapy. I've had trauma since I was teeny weeny little. You know, I've been like, I think that's why I received my master's in clinical psych back at 20 spots some years ago. But when I started back in my days, when I was in ministry before I moved to Florida, I was the one that was in charge of all the groups in a big mega church and, and training and equipping. And there's such power. If you can get a group facilitator that is healed and hold or, or or is authentically vulnerable enough to show where they're not healed and hold help and healed and whole, but to encourage others and, and create space for them, it it creates like magic. It's it's the most beautiful thing I have seen. So when I do these groups now, it is a it's a one hour and you're on Zoom. And what's so cool about it is that it's a woman, like I had a woman from Alaska, I had a woman from Texas, a woman from Georgia. So unlike going to a group in your neighborhood, no one's gonna run into your husband at the grocery store. Like you're free to share. There's this level of anonymity, there's this level of freedom that no one knows your kids. You're just showing up for you. But when you have nine women like you and I on there or 10 women and we're strong, we're, we're amazing, but we're so real. It all of a sudden creates space for things that you probably never would have said because women have said to me, oh my gosh, I've been in therapy for over a decade and in four weeks with you, I cannot believe what came out. Like I never would have said that and I never would have realized that that was still like an impact, but I, I call it like popcorn. One woman says something and then another woman's like, I can't believe she said that out loud. And I've had that experience and I've never even shared it with anyone. And then she says it. And I think it's the unspoken that carries power and, and creates messages and mindsets and barriers. And we didn't even realize how limited we are until all of a sudden we give voice to something and realize, man, there was a ton of shame tied to that. And that shame would have kept that thing buried forever. And once it's excavated and brought to the light and everyone's like me too me too that's what the group does the me too me too me too like i've had that then all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh because in your mind the voices are saying that's horrible you could never say that people will think differently of you they'll never look at you the same again and all of a sudden five women are like i had that same experience (laughs) or even worse Mm -hmm. and everyone like it's like this freedom that is exponentially more than i've ever experienced it's beautiful Beautiful, powerful, mm-hmm. and anonymous. Okay. That's a winning combination. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, realizing how limited we are 
That really speaks to me. As soon as you said that, I took, I had a visceral reaction to that. I took like this big freeing deep breath because you're right. The more that I bring up taboo topics here on the show, the more that, you know, things like just recently, um, my conversation with Ann Dillard about mother daughter relationships and unpacking all of the taboo topics and realizing that we have put all these limits or society has put all these limits and then we bought them and, and now we're putting limitations on ourselves. And what we really need is other people to kind of go first and be their most authentic selves. Because when other people are their most authentic selves, it gives permission for other people to be their authentic selves too. The more I show up on social media as my most authentic self, the the messages just roll in. I mean, right. so many people saying like, oh, thank you so much for sharing this or thank you so much for sharing that. It makes me feel better about this or yeah, I had a similar experience and it's that auth- authenticity that it's like we have this natural radar for, which is really wonderful. And my authenticity radar goes off every time I'm around you, which I totally appreciate. And, and I, man, when you're talking about these limits and then shame and, and the taboo-ness around it, shame has been like a big theme this year too. It's been a strange theme for me during this pregnancy. I mean, not to get too personal, not like we're breaking off yeah. into a little one. Come on. But, um, <laughs> but it's, it's been interesting because that's been the thoughts that keep coming up as I'm preparing for birth and, and unpacking all this stuff. The word shame just keeps coming up and it's very unexpected. Um, but I'm glad that it's happening. And every time I think about it, the and start to unpack it and start to work through it, um, for the big day, you know, when baby comes, it's, it's just been wild. And now I'm hearing you talk about shame and I'm wondering if it's the shame that holds people back from seeking out stuff like this, or if, I mean, obviously it holds people back from like meeting their purpose, obviously somehow, some way it holds people back from giving birth freely and trusting. I mean, I'm just shocked by this. Can you, can you share a little bit more about your insights with shame? Well, I, I sure I'm sort of an expert now, (laughs) you know, I think there's years and layers of shedding layers of shame because sometimes we think, oh, we've done it all, right? Oh, oh no, I've spoken about that. And then all of a sudden we realize, you know, okay, wait, there's more. You know, there's more in a good way and there's more in a bad way. But I think it's 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 being totally free. Like when I was younger, I was one of those, you know, my my book got into like groomed, you know, for image and groomed to endure and I was one of those women that was, you know, the mom that everybody was like, oh, yeah, she's got it all together. I remember after my third baby was born, calling one mom in the morning after I was up all night with the baby and my like four-year-old was at my bed, let's do a craft. And I said, I just can't do it all anymore. I just can't do it all. And she goes, well, good, because we're all sort of sick of you. Like, can you take off your Wonder Woman belt? Like, who gave you that damn thing? Get rid of it. Like, what is up with you? And I'm like, and it was an older like mentor. I'm like, what? And and I think I wanted so much to look perfect because my my whole family, the image, we came from, you know, my dad was from Puerto Rico. He wanted us to look a certain way. And and I and I wanted, I came from so much divorce and I wanted to just present this perfect family. I wanted to not resemble at all the dysfunction. You know, I was sexually abused. I had 
crazy stuff. I was raped. My sister was accidentally killed in our house and no one ever spoke about it again. Like there was thing upon thing upon thing that I just felt like nobody would understand and no one could know. But if I could package it all up and look pretty and marry a guy that looks pretty powerful and he looks like he's got it all together. Like I, I was the queen of keeping the front going. And even though I had started to go through layers of my own healing and dealing with the sexual abuse, like when I get on my, my groups now and I say, Hey, I was able to talk about sexual abuse at 12 at the hand of like a family uncle who was a worship leader at the church but you know what I couldn't say for a lot of years about the girl-on-girl stuff that happened to me from a babysitter. The, the girl actually abused me when I was even younger because that had a whole different a level of shame. So it's like even sexual abuse has levels of shame. Like there's years that it took me to name the two. I could speak to one level of sexual abuse, but then I couldn't speak to rape when I was 14 and I was at a frat party where I had no business being. Like we categorize and all of these things are things that were done to me, not my fault mm-hmm. at all. And I think that's the thing with shame. Like it is, it's almost at the hands of another, but we carry the burden and we, we get ourselves assigned to it. And it's fascinating the power that it holds. And that's why in some of these groups, like when I say, you know, yeah, I had this uncle, but before that I had a girl, you know, she was like nine years older than me. And and that's where my first real abuse came from. And it took me forever to say that I was so embarrassed. And then we talk about how abuse is learned and you might've done something that you didn't mean to do. Like it's just all the deepest things, but it's, it's layer upon layer. And I think Mm -hmm. that's where as women giving each other permission, that's the, that's the freedom. And that's where we walk around with this power to help others. Mm-hmm. There's my shame, my shame talk for you. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, I'm really struck by this whole notion of we carry the burden because we do. And by not talking about it, we do carry that burden for sure. Oh my gosh. And then we're left to categorize all this stuff by ourselves without a lot of input from others because it's taboo to talk about. And so uh, it is all of the these taboo. things play. Yes. Yeah. Play yeah. a big role. Yeah. Wow. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of over taboo, taboo. I'm kind of over that notion. I think it's time that we mm-hmm. just start talking about everything. You know, it's part of the reason why here on the show, we talk about loss of a child or miscarriage or all these different, you know, all these different mm-hmm. things, PTSD. We, because I'm tired of women sitting alone and, and yeah, being left to carry the burden by themselves and to categorize themselves, you know, all the things that have happened by themselves without a lot of input or insight or compassion for others. And I don't think there's one among us who's listening right now who doesn't mm-hmm. have something that we're carrying like that. And it would, and it is in the sharing with others and talking. And I can imagine the power then of a group that really does make it different than just sitting one on one with some other person. And you're like, gosh, do I even trust this person? And you're trying to like figure them out, right? I'm not saying that there's not a lot of figuring out in groups too, but I feel like people who are voluntarily coming to that space to heal and everyone has that intention of healing and showing up with compassion, that that's really what, that's what really makes it different. Mm-hmm. And everybody is all in and I set it up with guidelines and I model the authenticity and I model like even abortion, pornography, like these are all, I'm talking about my own layers of things that I had to get up and out. You know, when I was little, we had pornography laying everywhere. I was sexually abused. Like 
there's an awakening that happens when it shouldn't have happened mm-hmm. in a child. And, you know, back in our day, pornography was like a, a airbrushed playboy. And now kids are like grabbing their phones and they could say the craziest things and they are seeing the most graphic, horrific. They used to say the average age of exposure to porn for a boy or a child was 12. Now it's eight. They're talking about neural pathways being reset by the time a kid is into eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Like porn, the way that kids are viewing it is re totally, totally changing their neural pathways and the way their brain thinks and their development and their ability for relationships. And it leads to like one of the things that I love talking about, people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're saying that. Like I had an abortion and I've never told anybody she just said that. But I, what I find like for me, abuse was such a root. And then when you're abused, a lot of times you're just covering it with shame and you're just trying to look good and you're maybe not talking about the other things you put in place to not feel it. And before you know it, you're carrying all of these coverings and all of these false, you know, I had an overeating period of my life. You know, I went to Overeaters Anonymous for a period of my life. <laughs> you know, such identity issues would change clothes on the way to work, stop at a store, felt invisible. You know, and someone looks at me today and I just look pretty good. But that's why it's fun coming to these groups because we're like, you know what, we're going to say all this stuff because you don't know what piece is still holding on to you and causing something to keep playing out today. Like the things that you're stuck in, like the repeat, repeat Groundhog Day, they're usually tied to a root. And it's not always the root you think it is. And that's why these groups are so powerful because you might not have ever gone down this rabbit trail. But when this one brings it up, all of a sudden what was buried forever is all of a sudden given voice. And it's exactly mm-hmm. what you needed unearthed to free up this Groundhog Day episode that's happening over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Up and out. I really like that. I really like that. That could mm-hmm. be a great mantra for moms of like, okay, up and out, up and out, up and out. And when you talk about um, the exposure piece, when my face was so shocked because my child turns eight um, next month <laughs> and I'm a little floored and, but think uh, when I'm thinking about that, then that's the next generation too, left to categorize things on their own. Oh, and yeah. that's scary. Yeah. So then the stuff happens. starts. Yeah. But there are mm. opportunities for awakenings. I hear that. That's the strong message that comes through, for you know, sure. despite all of the, like what a lot of people consider to be big or heavier taboo topics, you know, that's not the main theme that I hear ever coming out of any of your messaging It's that there's always an opportunity for an awakening and always an opportunity to show up as your most authentic self. And yeah, up and out with all this stuff, right? You can unpack mm-hmm. this, you can, what happens in the unpacking process in groups or with yeah. you or with others? Do you see them like, I'm, I'm literally thinking of a suitcase metaphor of like unpacking yeah. this suitcase. Yeah. And then is it just a mess on the floor or what happens to all the stuff that you unpack? What What is that like? It's oddly, bizarrely. No, it's fun. Like there's tons of tears, but there's tons of laughter there's so much freedom and it, and it's never all about like just one person is stuck there in this there in the hot seat for you know because everybody has equal time to share so you're hitting some stuff that you're like oh, and it almost like some people are like oh my gosh it's like that took my breath away I cannot even believe I'm gonna have to sit with this but then the other person gets to go so it's not like those but we do say create room for the pregnant pause because guess what if it's somebody's turn to talk and they, they're needing a moment, you know how rare it is in life that we're actually given that moment to really, mm-hmm. really sit and struggle and realize, I don't know if I have words. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest gift in the world. 
because people, they say research, research tells us that um, being heard actually registers in the brain as walking away feeling loved. And so creating these opportunities for people to just sit and realize, I don't know how I'm going to get this out, and then and let them have their tears. And everybody just sits, and it's so honoring because they might not have ever been honored with being given that space to feel that deeply and try to figure out without covering mm-hmm. it up and making it look perfect again what is actually really needing to be repurposed. Because all of this, I would say grief, if not fully processed, or experiences or trauma, if not fully processed, if we just skim over it or, or do it in a false way, we're doing the counterfeit, it's going to keep replaying. And that's why we get stuck in these loops of unfulfilled and broken messaging. And so it, it's in a very gentle, beautiful, fun bonded, you know, like, and I'll have women, like we, we reach different points in it where at one point we do what we call an impact statement where we've done some deep diving. And I always say, you know, my goal, you know, that's why I'm not doing the therapy only thing right now. I'm doing the group thing because in therapy, sometimes you go back and you go so far back and you spend so many weeks and months in the, the past that the bridge to remembering like, Hey, guess what? You're here today. And what are we going to do? Like there's something amazing that you're called to right now, you know, bridging the gap. So what I always say is we're going to go backwards. We're going to, we're going to hit there. We're going to go and hit some of these deepest place, but it's going to be for a quick, we're going in just to like do a, an excavation. Did we miss anything? Get your, get your flashlights out. Like, was there something in that corner that wasn't fully processed because we want to fully process everything. So it doesn't have power over our now and the unprocessed has power over our now and over our future. And why I think the time is so vital is who is our greatest audience? Our kids, you know, who is the front row to watching what's processed, not processed, being played out, being made to look perfect. Are we teaching our kids how to just look perfect and not really feel it and put on your crown, baby, and keep walking? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's been a really neat process for women to just let the real happen. And they're they're always shocked at what's coming up and out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. One of the things that I realized within the last couple of years is that if you present the truth to others, that's when the true support comes. But if you're presenting something that is not quite the truth and people are being supportive of you, but that support never feels authentic. I'll just give the example of like, let's say your marriage is falling apart or you're unhappy in your marriage. And if you're not honest about that and you're like, Oh, it's fine. It's, you know, it's fine or whatever. And then people are like, you'll work it out. And then you don't feel supported, even though they're saying something that's quote unquote supportive, it's because you are not presenting the truth. But the second someone comes to you, a friend, a family member, you know, someone that you love and says, you know, I'm just not hundred percent sure my marriage is going to work out. And that person turns to you and says, I support you in that, you know, let me know how I can be support. I'll listen. You know, I understand that you're going to need time and space and that this is very complicated and awkward and all of that, but I'm here for you. I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you right now. That is more supportive than I'm sure you'll work it out. You're great. Thumbs up, you know, it's going to be okay. God will heal you. (laughs) (laughs) You need to just let him sit in it. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And then providing them with that pause too, that feels really authentic as well, because there is so much healing in the pause. And I think that's one of the reasons that healing feels so important in our culture of just go, go, go now, now, now production, production, production. 
to the point that there are no pauses and pauses are looked down upon. Pauses are you being lazy or whatever all this toxic messaging is that's just shoved down our throats. And we know that that's not true and that we need to be making space for that because there's a lot of, a lot of healing in the pauses. You touch on all the important things you're talking about legacy. That is so important. It's just so important. And it's something that, um, it's actually one of the driving forces behind the podcast too, is breaking generational things and, and focusing on legacy and holding space for that. You know, I want my legacy with my children specifically to be that, you know, I was a resource for other moms, you know, that I reached out and helped other moms through, through, um, my everyday talent of talking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but just yeah. using your gifts, you know, showing up, mommy answered her calling, mommy made space for this, you know, I want, because when I'm thinking about legacy, I'm not thinking about like, what is my reputation going to be? You know, am I going to have a star on some walk somewhere or something like that? I'm not thinking about that at all. I'm just thinking about my girls and what yeah. what it is they are going to say about me and Oh, think about me and, and all of that. So it is really important. And I think it's important to a lot of moms too. Um, gosh, can you talk with us a little bit about legacy? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think about like, like what I say to women, I was just doing an interview because women are signing up for this group right now because this next one launches next Tuesday. And, and I say, she was talking about, she knows that there's something more. She, her kids are older now, but she's been in this career forever. But all of a sudden, there's this feeling like, she said, when I saw your, I sent an email out to some people in my circle. And she said, when I saw it, it was almost just like this arrow. And she's like, this is for me. This message is for me. And she's been a a financial planner for a long, long time. And she said, I just know that that's not what I'm supposed to, there's something more for this season. And I said, you know what? I said, the truth is, I think that when we have that, I like to call that holy discontent because we could have been in our sweet spot and it was our calling. Like when I just ran this anti-sex trafficking organization for the last decade, I was in my sweet spot. I was meant to be there. I was in my calling. And then all of a sudden towards the last, you know, when I knew it was time to transition, like there, another idea was hanging here and I felt holy discontent because I don't think I'm just whiny and I hate my job. I think I'm being called to something else. And often there are layers that we build upon. We need this foundation to give us the tools for the next foundation. And that's where often I think we deprive ourselves because we feel this holy discontent, maybe a God-given discontent, right? That he needs us up and out to go over here to do the next thing because now we've received all the training and all the skills that we need to do this well, but we sometimes ignore that and we just push it down and we're afraid. There's fear holding us back. But what I believe is whenever we have that, we're called to the next thing, because if we don't keep going and growing, we are going to be depriving the world of whatever unique messaging it is within each of us that I believe is God ordained, like you were created for a purpose. There is such a depth in your being of what this world needs. And if we can't step fully into each next season when it presents itself. And I, part of the group ends with like the threshold and why it's so hard to get over that threshold and like these little minions hanging from our feet as we're trying to climb up. Because each time we step into that next threshold, it's another level that we bring our power, we bring our voice, we bring what the next circle of influence that we're going to step into 
needs and only uniquely from us because that is our legacy to release. So we have a legacy to our children, but there's a legacy just in the world, like just in my community, whatever I'm doing. Sometimes if I don't have the confidence to take that platform or do this with you, I might not deposit the one little nugget that this one lady on your podcast listening audience needed today. That's part of my legacy is to give her that little piece of gold, the one little word that she said. I can't believe she said that word. I needed to hear that word today. And then God's going to do the next thing and the next thing, and he'll bring the next person. But I think we downplay how important we are because it's not about like, like you said, oh, I have a star in Hollywood. No, but it's about, man, what is inside you is vitally needed. And especially in this time, this day, this age, what our world is like, there's pieces of you that anywhere you're feeling that holy discontent, it is for a reason. And that's what these groups are great at. Like, come on, honey, we're going we're gonna to give you a little leg up because this is important. And I think sometimes we, we downplay the importance of that discontent. Mm-hmm. For sure. And we downplay the importance of, like you said, just one word, one word that really sticks out to people, you know, (laughs) even just um, the word awakening, you know, that there's always the opportunity for awakening. And, you know, it, it does take showing up, it takes confidence and courage to show up and understand that, yeah, you are really important. You are really important. And there is importance in every season of your life. And we are lifelong learners. That's what we're designed to be. And by embracing that, we can show, keep showing up and keep showing up and keep showing up. Your your legacy, your purpose, your one thing is not one word you shared on this show and only that. It spreads far and wide and it's just constant ripples in the pond. And the same thing happens with moms. You know, every day we show up, every single day we show up. It can be one word, one action, one smile, whatever it is, just to kind of like ripple that out and just being open to that and being able to talk about that and hear other women talk about that too. I think that's where your group dynamic stuff really comes in too and is very special and important because sometimes it's actually easier for us to point out the the beauty and the courage and and you know the wonderful parts of other people and lift them up and gosh to create that pause for yourself where you could sit and allow other people to very easily see that in you is is definitely gonna break something open in you not, mm-hmm. not bashing one-on-one therapy stuff at all not at all not at all but i'm right. thinking man i, mean, I yeah. training i would yeah I would appreciate a group of women like making different observations. I'd probably be more apt to believe it if a bunch of different people were seeing the same thing that I couldn't see. Yeah. It's like, it's a validation. It's a verification because I think we all know, we know that we know that we know that there's something in us, but we don't want to be braggadocious. We don't want to dare dream. Like I just heard the other day and I love this. Like if money wasn't an issue and fear wasn't an issue, like no money obstacles, no fear holding you back, what would you be doing right now? And if you're not doing it, your life has been reduced to your level of fear because we can make anything happen. And and it's being that bold and saying it. But I think sometimes we're even afraid to say it out loud because we think people will laugh at us. We think people will think, oh, who is she? And that's why these groups, they're, they're just curated in such a way that it almost like just highlights, like a woman has permission to be crazy, dreamy, and like say it all with a tribe of fans, like a tribe of encouragers that literally hold court and say, hey, 
I'm bearing witness to that one. I'm seeing you. And let me tell you what I see in you. And, and, and the tears when somebody lets each person gets to speak into them and say what they see, the hunger in our hearts to have that affirmation, the hunger to be like, that's what you see. So often we rise up to what others call us to be. And if we live, especially in a, you know, a, maybe a not a super healthy environment, or we come from an environment that doesn't allow us to spread our wings and continue to take that next level, this is like a place that some of these women have never heard it anywhere before. And you see the breaking of what? It's almost like someone's like, you think I'm beautiful? It's like, yeah, crazy. You're gorgeous. You know, like, <laughs> but on all the levels. So it's it, it's been really, I mean, so much fun. I'm excited. And this one that's launching Tuesday is the first 90-day one I've rolled out. Something that you talked about really, really, really struck me as real too and is another truth that, you know, we, we don't talk about out loud and that is hunger for affirmation. Um, I do think on some level, we really want that. I think that on some level, moms, that's the reason we don't feel acknowledged. You know, we can get resentful of, you know, and no one's acknowledging what it is I'm doing. And, and I, if we could see that as natural and something that just does exist and how we can, you know, approach that, I don't want to say overcome yeah. it, but you know, if it's something that we could bring a little closer to the surface, so we know how to deal with it, we know how to acknowledge it when it's happening with us. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really good. It makes me think back to the very first start of the podcast when, um, I was actually getting a pedicure way back in the day <laughs> and the lady asked me, what do I do? And I had just put out the trailer for the show and that was it. And I had stuff in the works and I sat there and I struggled with what to tell her. And finally I decided to be bold and tell her I'm a podcaster. And it was the very first time I'd ever spoken it out loud. And then immediately she was like, Oh, what is it? I want to look it up. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she's going to find out that I'm actually not Uh, But I am, (laughs) I was, but, or she, what was I, what was I so ashamed of? I was going to be ashamed that she found out that, you know, what, that I'm new, I'm a new podcaster, but, and then I felt like I needed to backpedal and all of that, but that was like a big breakthrough moment. It's so funny, the things that we hold on to, you know, and, and this complex dynamic that you're talking about of just shame and legacy and taboo and being our most authentic selves. And it felt most authentic in that moment to show up and say, I'm a podcaster because that felt like my truth, but I didn't feel like I had enough like worldly evidence to prove to others, you know, that that was enough. And, and it's just so wild to think back to that moment. I feel like it's one of those moments that's just going to be ingrained in my mind forever, but a lot has been come up and out since then, you know, and now I have no problem saying that. (laughs) Yeah. But like when we're launching into a new thing, it's almost like imposter syndrome, right? Because yeah, I mean, do I want Mm -hmm. to share my messaging? Like when I, when I was bold and I'm like, look at what I'm doing now, Lori, look at this. I think you'll like it. You might've been like, Elizabeth, everybody peddles their groups. I don't need to see that. Like there's, there's such a risk of being rejected in our like passion area of what we're so excited about. And what if she thinks I'm just stupid and it's not, it's not deep enough. It's not good enough. It's not. And we, we, we will already attach all of the ways that we'll be rejected. And often it keeps us from ever saying a word. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the piece that I'm like, Oh, not on my watch. I am seeing how much we're being deprived. Talk about depriving legacy. We talk ourselves out of so much that doesn't even get out of the gate. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it, it has to get out of the gate. There's a reason yeah. it's in there. And it's just nutty how our mm-hmm. minds work. <laughs> yeah. And gosh, I brought that up because it makes me think about what you're encouraging people to do of embracing your calling and just kind of pointing out that that can look really messy and sticky and have a lot of imposter syndrome and a lot of craziness attached to it. And again, it goes back to that us categorizing things by ourselves, you know, us hiding behind shame and us carrying the burden for all of this stuff. And to be in a supportive community like that um, would be so much easier. (laughs) Um, And I feel like so much more freeing and open us up to embrace our calling in a group that is also there to do the same thing rather than, you know, feeling like you're outing yourself to your esthetician. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like-minded, like, cause these groups mm-hmm. that, you know, as, as we decide who's coming in them, I sort of look at who's who, what's what, put the right people with the right people. And, and, and it, it is, it's like building a like-minded kingdom to take the land, you know, because mm-hmm. I think we, we feel like, oh, well, well, that one could do it. And that's sort of her role. And I'm just the background and I'm a wallflower. And, and it's about putting the right personalities in the room to have everybody realize, oh, no, no. Wow. All right. We're all a conqueror. Just let's unleash it. What is it that you're called to go after? And I think we always tend to rally around. There's one person in your crowd. That's the one everybody's supporting. And that's why this is fun because it busts you out of that crowd. And all of a sudden you're there, you're not known. Everyone thinks you're limitless. They think you're powerful because you must be if you're here. And it's a whole different paradigm to make you believe in yourself in ways that like I could say anything. They don't even know. You know, like it's so cool. There's this freedom to the, to the anonymity of it. Mm -hmm. And then everyone has a different, um, technically, kind of has a different goal too in all of this, you know? So not everyone's showing up and saying like, my goal is to get sober. You know, my goal is to this, my goal is to that. Everyone gets to kind of show up and, and do their own thing. And I can see where, gosh, like the curation of that too is really important. And you are just the perfect person to hold that (laughs) space for everybody. Truly, truly. I just, I think it's so fantastic. Well, um, tell us a little bit more about the details of it. Like, what does the commitment look like? Like, what can moms expect when they sign up for a journey to more? Yeah, so it's a 90-day journey to more. So what's fun about it is that I sort of package in a few different elements. So you really won't get bored. And people will find out anything you do where you're journeying along with me, you won't get bored. Because I tend to not make anything rote. (laughs) And we're not going to stick to too much routine because... There's so many unique personalities. And even until that first night, like I can picture them coming together as I'm doing the interviews and seeing who's going to go where. When they all show up, it's like, okay, God, here we go. And it's like a ride that, you know, that's what's fun about it. You never know what each day is going to look like, but it's one hour. And what I love about it is everybody can do one hour and everybody can sit down at their computer. There's no driving. You don't have to get there. You don't have to worry about it. It's the weather. It is one hour on your computer where you tell your family, hey, this one's for me from 7.30 to 8.30 Eastern. So whatever that translates as we go through the globe, I have this hour and I'm going to pop on Zoom and I'm going to block out the world because this one's for me. And that one hour, I have it set up for like the first few weeks we dig into for anybody that's done the Enneagram or if you've not heard of the Enneagram, it's just another fun way to understand yourself. It's like a personality communication test and learning how we roll between our healthy sides and our unhealthy sides. We spend some time in my book, Groomed, and 
really digging in some things that like we talk about taboo, but we do it in such a fun way that everybody's like, everybody feels so encouraged and cheered on. Like it's, it's such a different environment. I've been in some places where everybody is just perfect and let's just say it in a way because I don't want anyone to think that I, we're just all going for it. Like I was like, no risk it, no biscuit ladies, let's go. What are we going to do? And then I dive right in. They're like, oh my gosh. One woman's like, I was just, I was going to do it. And I was going to just stay for like 20 minutes and I, I was going to leave. She said, but once you started talking and I realized what we're doing, she goes, I was glued. I couldn't move. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never encountered. So it's like, so transparent and fun. And then we roll into, you know, the, 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 what's your next thing. It's, I always say, we're going to, you know, we're going to revisit because you've got to see what's there, do a good little look around to see what we don't want to leave behind because we don't know how it's affecting us here. Mm-hmm. And then we hit that sailor, which you said the importance of sailor means to rest, to pause, to reflect. We give it some time to really, you know, what was there that I haven't fully processed. We want to let it be completely gone. And then it's the process of releasing. And there's like a ceremony for the releasing. And it's true, true release a moment. You have women bearing witness to what you're releasing and then the relaunch. And in between the release and the relaunch, I'm giving people the gift of a one-on-one encounter with some of the people that I work with. So it's sort of giving, I think my point of it is it's not about me. I don't need people to be like, oh, you have to only work with Elizabeth. She's so great. But rather I'm introducing you to also my, my people that have been helping me with my journey. And giving you an arsenal of, of weaponry, of tools that you can, you know, oh, I need this one for that. And I do this. So I'm introducing you to different, different ways to like build up your own muscles. And then it'll roll mm-hmm. into like, we'll keep this community in place for people that want to stay and in, in a lesser way. But, and it's, it's like a, it's a commissioning, like you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And then up and out and woo, we, we, we cheer as you go. And it, and it's just a beautiful celebration of, watching and as these women do it, I mean, the stories at the end and what they're doing and what they step into, the freedom and the the next things that they're taking on with courage, relentless courage, where in the beginning, they're like, couldn't even really always look up or have eye contact. I've had people shaking as they read sort of their impact statement in one part of it. But then the power of the release is just amazing and beautiful. That's like mm. why I do this. The breathtaking power of giving you your full story and knowing that it was not, none of it was wasted. None of it. What was, what say the enemy meant for harm? Oh my gosh, wait to see the purpose now. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I love that notion of repurposing, you know, and, and making space and, and helping people have the tools to eventually count it all joy and figuring out what, what, and why, and all of the questions that we categorize alone on our own and try to figure out, you know, Mm -hmm. getting out of our head. Yep. So good. Well, if people want to sign up for a journey to more, where, where can they do this? Well, they can go to my website, which is free with E. So E for Elizabeth, freewithe.com. And there's a coaching page. And on that coaching page, you could click and sign up for an appointment because I meet every person personally. So I want to know who you are, see where the best fit is. You know, we're, we're, we're launching this now and we're wanting to have the right people. So I will, you know, there's, there's room for everybody, but it's something unique and different. So you go to the website and sign up and you begin your journey there. That's awesome. And with all of your other work too, how can people connect with you um, on social media? 
Yeah, definitely on Instagram, which I'm newer, right? Like you, I don't want to say I'm on Instagram. I don't have enough followers. <laughs> <laughs> and when you were first starting your podcast, but Instagram, Facebook, and you know, another piece, like just for moms to know, the whole work that I did in the sex trafficking realm, um, we have some bills that are pending now. There's K through 12 education for kids to teach them to have a voice. The curriculum is actually called Speak Up. And so if there's a homeschool community, a community of any sort of a school, K through 12, we're rolling out a national pilot right now with Yale and Michigan State University. And if you want to get your school involved with this, I would love to include you in this national pilot rollout and have your kids be one of the first trained to speak up so they won't need all of the shedding of layers that we're needing now in our 40s and 50s to get our stuff cleared. <laughs> Let's clear them when they're little and give them the voice to not have to yeah. undo so much. Oh man, there is such power in this generation of moms and in this generation of kids too. I see it. I see it. So when anytime we have a conversation about breaking generational curses or traumas or anything like that, it's happening. It is happening. And it's people like you who are showing up and giving us the tools and the courage and the encouragement to do just that because we do feel called to do that. And we do feel called to honor our whole selves. And Elizabeth, thank you so much for creating this program and this space for a creative and supportive and authentic way for people to get together and do the healing work and encourage others to do the healing work too, because that to me feels like the theme of this generation. Uh, Elizabeth, you are so awesome. I appreciate everything that you do. And thank you so much for showing up today and sharing your heart with us. I really appreciate you. You just make me very happy, honey. Thank you for sharing it with your audience. I'm so grateful. That's it for this episode of Elevating Motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration, or maybe a little of both. If you like today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, Mama. I appreciate you.